praying mother. This morning we want to take a look at a mother probably facing the worst thing a parent can face and having God to turn around that situation for her. This passage is probably not one of the most well-known passages of the Bible about mothers. But through the unction of the Holy Spirit, I thought it was worth our attention today. You see, I can assure you that the Proverbs woman is being preached all over the country in numerous churches on today. But how many of you know that not every woman is living a Proverbs woman experience? Can I talk to you this morning? Not every woman is feeling like a Proverbs woman right now. What do you do when life has beaten you down so much that you're at your breaking point? I don't care how long you have been going to church, how big your Bible is, or how much you love Jesus. Every now and then, life will push you so close to the edge that you will feel like you're about to lose your mind. Can I get a witness in here? Come on, somebody. Every now and then, life will break you down and leave you feeling completely shattered. And I'm not just talking to the mothers. I'm talking to the fathers as well. There is a pressure of going to work and life on a job is like a wrecking ball. There is a pressure of having mountain bills and little income. There's a pressure of dealing with family drama. There's a pressure of dealing with racism and sexism in your family and in society. There's a pressure that comes from just waking up in the morning and having to deal with problems that, that come from living this thing called life. Stay with me, church. And every now and then, life will break you down to the point where you will say, you know what? I've had it up to here. I can't take it anymore. You may have gone through so much hell that you have reached your breaking point. Whenever you reach your breaking point, understand that God is so amazing. So amazingly good in his grace. He will give you just what you need every single day. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, the writer said, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Every day you wake up, God greets you with fresh mercies. Knowing that yesterday's mercy is not going to be enough to handle today's challenges. When you think about it, as you look back over your life, if it had not been for the mercy of God, you should have been dead a long time ago. Hmm. But guess what? If you had known back then what you're about to go through, you would have said, forget this, I can't handle that. But now, as you are going through it, every morning God gives you just enough peace, just enough strength, just enough grace, and just enough mercy 
to make it through another day. And for that, you ought to tell God thank you. Here is what God said to Paul when he allowed Paul to reach his breaking point because of the thorn in his flesh. He said, I'm not going to answer your prayers the way you want me to. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you just enough grace. And my grace is going to be so sufficient that my strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. God says when you reach your breaking point, when you feel as though you can't go on anymore, that is when my strength steps in. God gives you strength to go through your situations. And before you know it, somebody's asking, how did you go through that and not lose your mind? God gave you just what you needed to get through what you were going through. And so God is saying, when you reach your breaking point, don't break down. Break out. Realize that when God hits you, God allows you to break out and not break down. Did somebody get that? See, this morning, our text is a tragic one. And yet out of this tragedy, there's a bright spot of hope. A bright spot of hope from this mother by the name of Rizpah. Bible readers recognize by way of context that we began this chapter with David inquiring of the Lord as to why there's a famine in the land. And that simply means that in spite of their hard work, they had nothing to show for it. In spite of them giving their best, life was not giving it back to them. And the Lord said said to David, the reason there is a famine in the land is because of the blood on the hands of Saul. So David surmises that he had to go kill the remaining relatives of Saul. Now understand by way of culture context that whenever a new bloodline assumed the throne, the first order of business was to kill off all the former king's relatives so no one from the former king's family could have a claim on the throne. And so David uses religion, religion, I said it again, to justify his political uh, military maneuvering. The Bible says they go after Saul's family in retaliation. And it's a retaliation drive-by. They will kill five of Saul's grandsons. And two of Saul's sons birthed through this concubine wife named Rizpah. Two of her sons would die. And the Bible lets us know that as soon as that takes place, they leave the dead, decaying bodies of Rizpah's sons and Saul's grandsons out in the open. And as soon as Rizpah gets word of what's going down, she said, oh, no. Can I hear a mother say, oh, no. Over my dead body. Oh, no, not on my watch. I have had enough. Do you see the picture? It's a mother crying because her sons, her sons have died. And we read in verse 10, Rizpah, the daughter of Iar, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest, Till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies. She did not let the birds of the air touch them by day or the wild animals by night. Rizpah stayed right there watching over the bodies of her sons. The prayer of a mother. Rizpah, this broken hearted mother who had been pawned by powers that be. Rizpah, who has been used and misused as a concubine wide soul. Soon discovered that in this world. If you are not careful, folk will use you and then have no use for you. 
who do you good for, uh, 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 for will get all they can from you. And then once they get it from you, if they ever need you, if you ever need them, they are nowhere to be found. Rispa, this mother, had been used as Saul's concubine wife. And now her sons are dead. She has nothing to show for being used. And Rispaw finally says, you know what? I've had it up to here. I'm not going to take it anymore. Because the last thing you're going to do is to dehumanize the dead bodies of my sons. Do you see this mother? As she covers her son's bodies with cloth. Do you see the many mothers out here today placing a bouquet of flowers in the place where their son or daughter died at the merciless hands of others? Do you see the grief in the eyes of a mother who's lost her son or daughter through a drive-by shooting with no name on the bullet? Do you see the pain of mothers who took their kids to school one day just to never see them live again? Do you see? Do you see candidate Cersei? We see. Mothers, we see you out here. Look at the scripture. This mother stays out there day and night from April until October, mind you. And every time some scavengers try to come and tear away the flesh of their children, she'd fight them off. Do you see this mama? Do you see this mama? Here comes a wolf, a jackal, a vulture. And she said, you better not, you better not, you better not touch my son. Come on, somebody. Do I have any mothers in here right now who will watch over your children and dare the devil to touch your child? Come on, somebody in the house. She fights them out. Imagine from April until October, this mama says, I've had it up to here. You will not do any more damage to my children over my dead body. Mothers, you know what blessed me about this is even though Rizpah had been pawned, and even though she was a helpless victim up until now, she gathers all that was in her and said, you know what? I don't have to be a victim anymore. If you don't get anything else, when you leave this service with a new mentality, you know what? I do not have to be a victim anymore. I do not have to take stuff that's happening to me and that's coming to me. I do not have to roll over and be someone's doormat. I do not have to allow my children to be used by society to be used as a pawn themselves. You know, you know, you know, you don't have to go through this. Why? Because there's a power of prayer that you will stay there day and night, morning, noon, and night, 24-7, on your knees praying for your children. Risk power went from being a pawn to be a queen. Risk power went from being a victim to setting the stage for a new victory. Saints, God is so good that he can take the stuff you go through and use that pressure and fire to bring you out with a bling. How does it work? Well, let me give you three points and I'll take my seat. First of all, the power of a praying mother can stop the epidemic of negativity. The power of a praying mother can stop the epidemic of negativity. Mother, we can stop this epidemic of abuse, of crime, and violence going on in our homes, in our churches and communities. When you want a helping hand, check out the end of your hand. Come on, somebody. The end of your arm. Quit looking for somebody else to do it for you, for what God has given you the strength, the resource, and the power to do for yourself. God says, learn to do for yourself. Amen, somebody. And is that not what Rispa did? She said, nobody's going to be responsible for, for protecting the dignity of my boys. 
And so I'm going to protect their dignity. I'm going to cover them. And if it takes months and months of fighting off scavengers, I will do just that. Because the power is in my hand. There's power in our prayers. And I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to keep on praying until something happens. Until God turns this situation alone. Do I have a praying mother out there right now? And see, this is what it boils down to. I discovered that Christians are either lampshades or light bulbs. What do you mean, Mary Heck? A lampshade looks good, but it does not shed any light. A lampshade is real nice to look at. It may have frills around it. It may have a nice color, but a lampshade does not do anything as far as shedding light in a dark room. But if you want some light, it is not about the lampshade. It's about the light bulb. And if the light bulb is connected right, y'all got me here right now. If the light bulb is connected right, come on somebody. The bulb will bring light to the dark. We need some light bulbs around us who are hooked up to Jesus. Because when you are hooked up to Jesus, you can light up the world. The effectually fair prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. Light up your light bulb. Forget the shade. Give God some light. Come on, somebody here. See, your helping hand is at the end of your arm. We can heal the hurts in our homes. We can deal with the crime on our streets. Restore the esteem in our youth. And solve the problems of our community. If we wake and make up our minds that we are not going to look to anybody else to do it for us. Mother's Day can bring two crowds. Some here are excited for this day. Mother's Day is a special day for them. Many mothers are ready for a day of pampering, right? They're ready for a few homemade cakes and gifts and cards. Uh, their children are enthusiastic about telling uh, their moms how special they are. They can't wait to cook that meal or clean their room or take out the trash. But there's another crowd that comes to this Mother's Day. Actually, some of this crowd probably skipped church today because they did not feel like celebrating. They may be mourning are hurting today. And one of the songs I can truly remember, the senior choir singing in my early years of youth here at this church was, if I could heal my mother, pray again. If I could just hear her tender voice again, how happy I would be. It would mean so much to me. If I could heal my mother, pray again. I think about this on Mother's Day. My sisters and I are without our mom. There are many other people missing someone today. And it's a reminder that they are not here. But some may not like this day because their mother was not the woman they needed. Their mother may have hurt them instead of encouraging them to grow. So today is another reminder of what they missed. But my prayer for us today is that those crowds who have gathered here will leave out excited about this Mother's Day and we be mindful of those who had a tough time on Mother's Day that you may look for a way to encourage and to lift up some mother this morning. This morning, I also pray that those who struggle might look for a way that Jesus might enter your situation and bring you back some joy. Maybe this Mother's Day will be a turning point for somebody in this place. And most of all, I want you to recognize that when God saw the broken heart of a mother, he was moved to offer a miracle. And there's something about a mother's heart, a mother's heart, a mother's heart, Sister Denny, that really connects with Jesus and their God. I think it's because they're so similar. God's heart for his children is so full of unconditional love. 
and grace, and this is at the core of an ideal mother. So number two, the power of a praying mother can result in a family transformation. A family can be transformed with the power of a praying mother. The second thing the text refers to, and you notice here in 11 and 13, when David was told that Ayah's daughter, Rizpah, Saul's concubine had done and what she had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens and gathered the bones up. The text says that when David heard about what Rizpah had done from April to October, fighting off vultures and jackals, he had a reversal of his public policy because sometimes it takes a demonstration that other folk consider extreme. Extreme times calls for extreme measures. Mothers, that's why I love to listen to the lyrics of this song by Charles Baldwin. He said, I can still hear mama praying. I can still hear mama praying. And the prayers that she prayed, they're still keeping me day to day. Oh, I hear my mama praying. And when mama bowed her head and knelt down in fervent prayer, she knew how to call on the name of Jesus. She knew how that she'd meet him. He'd meet her there sometime. Oh, she thanked him for health and strength and just to run this Christian race. But she never, she never failed to pray for her children, saying, Lord, save them by their grace. Now, the one you call mama, she may be sleeping in the arms of your God, but the memories of the family devotion cause us to always trust in our Lord. Oh, she prayed for the Lord to bless and keep her children always let the love of God abound and all the prayer that she prayed all cover us till we meet her on the other side the prayers of a praying mother oh as I get ready to close now I want to talk about the power of a praying mother who would allow God to handle what she can't handle ah oh, the text says that when Rizpah did that David had all the bodies buried in dignity watch this they buried the sons of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father and after that somebody say after that God answered prayer in behalf of the land why? After they were buried in dignity, God heard the prayers of the people and the prayers of a mother who would not give up until her sons were buried with dignity. Why? Because they could not stop the famine themselves. So they had to trust God. And now unto me to do my part. You just got to get where I want you to be. This is what God is saying to us as mothers. Get where I want you to be. God said, if you get there, I will handle things from there. That's what it's like to walk with God. There's a whole lot of stuff. I can't handle myself. But God says, just get there, and I'll handle the things from there. God told Moses, since you are here, I can handle things from here. And he made a freeway through a Red Sea. And God will do it today for you. Church, if you just get there, God will handle things from here. As I get ready to take my seat, mothers keep on praying. Hang on in there. Don't give up. I am convinced that prayer will change things. I'm talking about the power of a praying mother. Are there any praying mothers in the house today? Then mothers, we ought to celebrate. Mary Hagen, what shall we celebrate? I'm going to celebrate the gift of forgiveness. I'm going to celebrate being washed in the crucified blood of the Lamb. I'm going to celebrate the grace of God. I'm going to celebrate the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. When I think about the goodness and all that he's done for me, my soul cry out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Where, Rev? What do you know about Jesus? The old folk used to say, he's all right. Somebody ought to tell him, he's a doctor 
when you get sick. He's a lawyer in your courtroom. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a way out of no way. He's a father for the fatherless. A mother for the motherless. I can celebrate because weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That if God be for you, who can be against you? See, one of the ways we honor God is to call God. Can I encourage you in that direction? Can I encourage you to walk out of here more prayerful than you walked in? How do you do that? The old folks used to say, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. If prayer is all you got, prayer is all you need, Sister Ramona. Do I have a witness here that the power of a praying mother can change some things? The old folk used to say, and forgive me when I say old folk, I believe it gotten too far gone for my own good. The old folk used to say, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about the troubles. He'll hear the faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. Not when you feel a little prayer will turn it and you know a little fire is burning. Just have a little talk with Jesus and he'll make it all right. See church, have I got anybody in the room this morning who knows that prayer held your mind together? Prayer held your spirit together. Prayer held your marriage together. Prayer held your family together. Prayer brought your children back home. Prayer watched over your children while they were out there in the streets. It was prayer that brought them home. Prayer kept us. Prayer bought us. Prayer told us that prayer kept you when you felt like giving up. But I want to tell somebody today. Prayer, 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 prayer will hold you together. praying mother thank God for a praying mother thank God for a praying mother we know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day we invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road Fuquay Varina North Carolina for more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.